Uh, well, this morning, uh, I'd just like to invite up my uh, my in-laws, my parent, uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law, Julie and Paul. Why don't we give them a big round of applause as they come up? Oh. So, um, what, what I'm doing today, and it's something I've kind of done before when I had my parents here as well, is um, we're going to have communion at the end of this, and I've, the theme of what we're doing today is this kind of theme of coming to the table, that we, we, when we come to church, when we come to communion, we're coming to the table of Jesus Christ, and uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask a few questions of Julie and Paul, but it's going to be basically just, just asking them about their faith journey and what keeps them sort of coming back to the table. And then we're going to take communion together afterwards. Um, and uh, it's something I'd like to continue on uh, next year as well, just this theme of, like, when we come to communion, we're coming to the table of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, isn't that a wonderful, wonderful thing we can do this morning? All right. Well, how are you doing? No, not good. Yeah, not good? Okay. Not after this morning's Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those ones that know the result, yeah, yeah. Um, we can pray for healing of the memories, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord, bring Ro- Razor Robertson along, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, obviously, I know you very well, um, but not everyone here might know you, so do you mind just uh, saying who you are and a little bit about yourselves? Okay, so, he honore, he korore, ki te atoa, he maunga rungo, ki te whenua, he whakaaro pai, ki ngā tāngata katoa. Tuatahi, e te atoa, uh, tua rua, e te whānau o te whiri kōko, uh, tua tōru, e te whānau o te whānau Davis, ko Tate, ko Hamatakawa, tēnā koutou. Um, so my first part was... Uh, oh, kia ora te Bardsley whānau. <laughs> um, so the first part was opening was about um, glory to God in the highest and peace to all people on earth and putting God first then our whānau in church, and then our own family. So what was the question, Nick? How did we get oh, to just, one just a little bit about yourself, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was born up uh, in Wainui Martin in the 60s, um, turning 62 next year. So um, small presents next time, please. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, grew up there, went to school, um, had a fantastic time. I got top marks at school. <laughs> No, I didn't. I failed at everything at college and uh, started uh, working at the railways when I was 16 and a half and went from job after that and ended up teaching and um, just finished some exams uh, last month, passed everything, so that was great. And I've been doing that for the last 25 years. So, um, yeah. I've been in church since I was uh, a little little one and... um, yeah, didn't really get to know Jesus. Made a commitment when I was 16 and then kept on falling over and um, <laughs> then carried on. But I can talk about that a bit more when I get to answer the questions. Awesome. Kia ora. Kia ora, Paul. Um, so, um, hi. Um, so, I'm, I'll tell you a bit about me. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm 58 and I was also brought up in. Wainu Mata, um, and um, I was I was brought up with just um, 
my, uh, I had one brother and my mother brought us up. Um, my father left probably when I was about five or six. Um, and yeah, he, um, and my father was a bit old. My father was a, a, a bad drinker and a bit of a hissy. So um, when he, he'd left and we, I actually, in my school, I actually think, I well, actually know what at my school, back in those days, it was a little bit different. My, my mother had friends and their husbands were drinkers and a bit fisty too, but they, they just, um, I don't know, they had to live with it or they, I don't know if there's a woman's refuge so where she's come to our house <laughs> in the middle of the night, knock, knock, knock on the door. But um, I was actually, I only knew one other person who, when I was going through quite school, I only knew one other person who um, wasn't, didn't have a father in the home back then in those days, and he was in uh, prison at the time, I think. So um, I felt a bit different growing up from the other kids, and I suppose it was quite a bit insecure for me. But um, anyway, we went to Sunday school. Um, we still, we were going, every, a lot of kids went to Sunday school back in those days. And um, I went to a church that um, they, um, they didn't believe, like they, they believe in the, the age of dispensation or something like that. So didn't believe that any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit were available or anything. But there was, um, but they were really strong on the Word of God. So I, and we used to get a book, um, like an exercise book, and you used to put a little verse in it. Every week, they glued a verse in it on a little card, and you learnt that verse um, that week. And that was almost like a Christmas present to me, getting this little verse in this exercise book. And so, and so if you learnt the verse, then the next week, you'd get this next little card with a verse on it in your book, with another Christmas present the next week in the book. So um, it actually sowed like the Word of God in my mm, heart as a little child. And then, um, yeah, and then when I was about uh, 11, a friend of mine invited me to a, a kids' camp, and actually now I realise that her mother paid for me to go, but I didn't realise that at the time. And I went to the camp, and this camp, um, this camp, this ch the ch a church ran the camp, and they talked about um, speaking in tongues and gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I had never heard of anything like that. I was 11, I think. And I thought, wow, that sounds amazing. I want that. So I um, got baptised in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And, and then I went home. My mother told me not to tell anybody in the church. It was just <laughs> that. So, um, yeah, so that was fine. So I had a really... And, and then I eventually... Um, and when I was about 12... I wanted to be baptised in water, so I asked, I had to go to the elder of the church and ask um, to be baptised in water, and I think they, I can't remember if, they, if I had to wait till I was 12 or wait till I was 13, they said I could, because they didn't really baptise children, so they said I could, but I wasn't allowed to take communion, I could, they'd baptise me in water, but I couldn't take communion, so, because, um, in case... I didn't know what I was doing or something, I don't know. So I got baptised in water, so I got baptised in water. But actually now I think probably they didn't let me take communion because it was actually real 
um, alcohol, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll breathe those, but, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but so I, so as a, insecure, you know, as, a, as an insecure girl, I had, I did grow, I grew up with Jesus being um, my, my security for me, yeah. Awesome. And then I met Paul at 21, we got married, had four children. And here you are. The rest of the <laughs> oh, fant- fantastic. Um, yeah, so this morning, the first thing I wanted to really ask you, and it's back with that theme of coming to the table, what keeps you guys keep coming back to Jesus? You know, that thing of, of communion, of living life, of journeying with Jesus. What keeps you coming back to Jesus? Paul's got his thesis there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. I've written notes. I'm really bad off the cuff. I'm not a, I'm not a person who can think on my feet. So, um, and I'm not a person really that can read my notes and do the thing either, so that'll be tricky. But um, you know what? I, I think, you know, because Jesus was my security, um, he's, always, I've, he's always been good. I've, you know, I can truly say God is good. Mm. You know, I can truly say that he's always been faithful to me and um, that he's always been true. And I think, um, you know, I didn't have, my father had gone and I did, and I did grow up with quite a fear of people really, quite a fear of men, quite a fear of people, but um, I had this absolute love for Jesus that kept me really secure, like he was my rock, he was my security, Um, he was my, he just Mm. was truth to me. And I didn't... um, I actually, as a t- I used to have a, um, a, a poster on my wall when I was a young teenager. I had this poster on my wall that said, you know, I have a future and a hope. Um, you know the way. Um, my plans I have for you, for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And I used to think that I had this thing that good things, <laughs> good things would happen to everybody but not me. But I used to read that. And I knew, I also knew that God didn't lie, that he didn't lie. So I used to read that, my plans I have for you are good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then I used to put on the internet, and God doesn't lie. So I couldn't say that wasn't true. And like deep inside me, I knew that is true because God doesn't lie. Mm. And so I just always had that in me, that God had something good God was going to be good for me, and He had a hope for me and a future. And um, when I so, and when I was a teenager, it just it just kept me because I could have, um, you know, I was shy and insecure, and I could have really got that quite messed up. But He kept me on a really solid path, and I I didn't actually want to do parties or drinking. And I came from a family of drinkers, but I just I d- wasn't. I wasn't even slightly wanting to do that just because I just had the solid thing of Jesus and who he was to me and the security within me and the truth within me that it actually, it, it did actually pale <laughs> in significance to who Jesus was. And, and, and when I um, became about 20, he, you know, he actually showed me um, 
that how he loved me as a father. I, had, I did have an experience with him when he showed me that he loved me as a father. And I actually physically felt the love of his heart within my body and um, within my heart. And it almost, it was actually painful. It was a painful thing that happened in my, right in my, in my heart when he showed me his love for me and how he felt for me. I actually thought my chest would burst with pain because it was painful, but he showed that to me and he showed me the truth of what the Father's love was for me. And um, yeah, so that just keep coming to that and the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Um, he's just, in 58 years, he's just proved himself time and time again to me. Mm. That's good, Jenny. Paul? Um, <clears throat> so I put a heading up here, it's uh, find a formula and apply it. So I was never good at maths, and I found a way to crack maths was to find out what the formula was and then apply that. So I, I've done that with the rest of my studies and life, find the formula and apply that to what you want it to do as long as you're doing the right thing. Um, so what's kept me coming back to, um, to the communion table and that relationship with Jesus? Um, it's friends and family and having that personal relationship. So I've put down a few um, passages here. Um, Psalm 1, verse 1, you know, how blessed is the man whose uh, tree is planted by the streams of living water. Um, Pro Proverbs uh, 13, 20, he who, walks with me, uh, he who walks with the wise becomes wise. He who walks with the foolish becomes a fool. Um, Corinthians 5, verse 11, don't keep company with evildoers, and so it goes on a bit more, but it tells you about a whole lot of things about keeping good company, so the formula for me in that one was, if you want to be that man planted by streams of living water and have um, fruit on your tree that produces in season and always be nourished, is follow that formula of being with good people. Um, and, you know, that's family as well. And sometimes uh, you've got to check your relationships with people. And also, you know, you've got to set a boundary in your own life. That's a good relationship. That's not a good relationship. And the other one was Jeremiah 33, uh, verse 3, is call unto me um, and I will tell you uh, mighty things you don't know. So it goes on in Jeremiah 33 and it tells you about what's going to happen to Israel and the fall and all that. And then he gets to verse 6, it says, I will bring health and healing to Israel. So that was all about that. So the, with most of the stuff, in, well, most of the stuff in Proverbs and throughout the whole Bible, God's telling you how to live and what to expect, but also there's a reward at the end of each part. And that was all about following that formula right through because there's a reward at the end. And um, I've got a few more here. It was Ezekiel... 37 too about the valley of the dry bones and so God takes Ezekiel into the valley and there's all these bones there and they're all dry and dead and then God says to him you speak to them prophesy over these bones and so those bones come to life and they all get joined back together and they form a fantastic mighty army and I think that's with our life too. We've got to speak into those dry bone areas in our life. Mm. So I've had to do that lots because there's a lot of deficits. And 
you've got to keep on speaking to them and keep keep that faith together and saying, you know, how can you help me? You know, what can I do to make mm. myself that wise man in God's sight? What can I do to make sure my tree is fruitful? And how can I speak to those dry bones to bring life back into them? Yeah. Um, oh, this one here, I just chucked this in for my wife. He who finds a good wife finds a good thing. <laughs> so, Tane, find a good wife. <laughs> Some of you are old and you've already got one. <laughs> so treat them right. But that's also true about finding a good wife because you need to have someone to keep you accountable. And also... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got one of those too, yeah. <laughs> but it goes on to um, making sure that you're in the right place as well. And you're stronger. Um, and then the last part there for that question is about... Um, Proverbs 18, 24 is too many friends. And I think sometimes as guys we get too many friends. And it's, it's not a bad thing, but too many friends we end up ruining um, your relationships with the ones that are important. And we're talking about God. So you know, if we've got too many friends that are doing too many things, um, we end up with no time for God. So mm. we've got to make sure that, hey, these are things that are going to carry on. And the last one was um, John 5.13 uh, um, is about the thing that keeps me close to Jesus is that I know I'm going to fall over. I know mm. there's going to be some, mm. some area of um, sin in my life, but that's not going to take me out. I've got to ask for forgiveness and also be forgiving to other people. Mm. And those are the things that make, how would you say, um, like in a, you know, looking at Maori culture, a lot of the atua, uh, little a, not big a, little a, is all about you do as I tell you. Just like in the Greek or the um, the Indian cultures, and you know they're all the same as this deity tells you what to do, and if you don't do it right, um, that's it, you're going to die. Where my God, He's a bit bigger than that because He's the biggest one in the whole universe, and He says, I know you're going to fall over, but I'm going to give you a way out. And that's called Jesus on the cross. His blood mm. was spilt for mm. us and spilt for our forgiveness of sins. So I know that I'm a sinner. And I know there's some times I'm going to keep on falling out, but I know I'm going to keep getting up because Jesus is there to say, you know, egg me on in the race. Come on, you can do it. Mm. And we, you know, eventually we'll get to that part where we're not going to need to be asked to get up because we're no longer falling over. Mm. So, yeah. Um, there's a there's a word in um, the Hebrew word is shalom, and that's um, completeness and peace. Mm. And I think the equivalent Maori word there is Māori order, understanding and applying it. You know, understanding that Māori order into your life, and um, the end of that is finding that formula and applying it to um, our life. Mm. That's awesome, Paul. Um, you guys have already sort of touched on this a little bit, but. Uh, Obviously, like both of you came to faith when you were younger, and um, you know you've you've had um, I was about to say many years. Um, you've had a, f- a few years under water under the bridge, and uh, you know I guess like our faith journey can change over the years. So from when we're very young, we 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 you know typically m- maybe not married and don't have kids, and we might not have a lot of responsibilities. We come to faith; it's a awesome, wonderful thing. And then obviously life has a lot of 
difficulties and responsibilities and stuff, and we journey with Jesus through that. Um, looking over your walk with the Lord, what could you identify as a, a catalyst for, um, for you know, any changes or cha- you know, change that has occurred? In your, if you compare yourself to back when you were first saved and to now, what could you really put your finger on that's been a catalyst for change for both of you? So the heading I've got here is faith changes, um, keeping the faith, keep hungry and not satisfied. And I'm a hungry guy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think it's about being hungry enough and being not satisfied enough with what you've got to want more. Yeah. And it's not about greed, but um, it's about saying, look, God, you know, that was old manner from yesterday's... Um, table I need new stuff every day yeah that's good and as a young guy that's really hard to do yeah. you, know, you fall over all the time <laughs> and you've got to get up and carry on and and that goes on for years for some guys myself and you've got to get to that point you're saying well look, I'm not applying that formula or what I'm doing is just falling over and falling over and thinking it's okay and there's a part where you've got to say no I've got to stand on my own two feet and now start applying those rules and so you surround your, 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 your area where you're going with, um, with good people. So Proverbs uh, 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, one purse sharp, sharpens another. Um, and Acts, 20, uh, Acts 2 verse 1 is about having that infilling of the Holy Spirit as well. Mm. Uh, I think um, that has to be continuous. Yeah. And that's sort of what's kept me going is actually having that time where you say, oh, this is good, you know, this, this stuff here is really good, and, and God is moving and seeing it. Um, and you can only survive on yesterday's manner as long as, up to yesterday, tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. And staying hungry and not being satisfied and going out and getting more is, is, it's hard, it's difficult, but you've got to keep on chasing that and um, applying it into your life, in job situation, relationships, um, friendships. That's awesome. Thanks, Paul. Um, Yeah, actually, I've kind of said the same, that (laughs) 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 I've always, um, I just have this heart where I want more, you know? I want more of God. And the funny thing about God is the more you know him, the kind of more there is to know, and you feel like the less I know. And... um, yeah, and I think just always wanting more, always wanting more, always staying in that place of hunger. And, um, and if you're not hungry, asking to be hungry. You know, sometimes I've found like, oh, you know, I'd, words might be a bit dry. So I pray, God, give me a hunger for your word. Let me hunger for your word. Let yeah. me, let me um, just want to eat it. You know, let me, let me want to soak it up and hear it and wash over me with your word. And, and so um, if you... Like, if I'm not feeling hungry, I ask God to make me hungry because I want to be always having more, want to be that place of more. And also, you know, like you said, you can't live on old manor. I, um, I, I'm, I always want to be open to the new, what the new thing that God is doing, mm. um, what season the Holy Spirit is doing. You know, I ask, like, to God, what, you know, Holy Spirit, what are you doing in this season? Um, and, you know, why are you doing this in this season? Because um, I think 
you know, we have to stay, you know, this, I mean, this is the ancient path, isn't it? The mm. Word of God, that's our ancient path. God's given us um, principles and precepts that we need to walk on that. We need to walk on that path. We need to stay on this path. And when we're on this path, though, He gives us new, you know, He's a creative God. He's a creator, and He has um, new songs every day. He has new mercies every day. He mm. does something new and refreshing for us every day. And I, and I always want to be, you know, what is the new thing that God is doing? I want to, like, shake off the old wineskin off me, God. I want the new. And it's why I love um, new. I'm always flicking through Spotify and got my friends, if you hear a new worship song, send it to me, you know, because I want to hear what the new song is, because often, you know, you worship leaders, you, you've got the prophetic thing going, and you can hear the new, what the new thing is happening in the spirit, and you'll bring it out in a song, mm. and um, so I love to, um, I love that, I just love to be open to the new, and, um, and the other really important thing, I think, is perseverance, um, you know, there's times, and it's, you know, there's times and seasons in your life where you actually need to persevere. When you might feel, um, you know, we have words in the church like going in the wilderness or in the desert and, and all that. But those times, we need to persevere and, um, and stay there with God and still keep seeking Him and just keep in, um, just keep in with God and keep in um, with the body because... Um, you know, there's a verse actually that, um, you know, perseverance works in us character and, and character brings us back to the hope mm. and then, you know, God floods us with his love. And I had experience of this a couple, um, probably about maybe 10 years ago. I won't say that I was um, in a bad way or anything, but I was just going along. It was just kind of a bit dry. And then I listened to this um, sermon of... Um, and I did just persevere, just persevere, just going along, just doing the norm, which is a lot of our life, isn't it? Just doing the norm. And then I, um, and I heard this sermon from Timothy Keller. Um, it was entitled Finding God. And it was, is it Psalm 42? I'm not sure you know. It says, the deer pants for the water, so my soul um, longs after you. And when I heard that sermon, it... Um, it brought this complete new life to me. Like, I actually felt like I'd been born again, again. Mm. And it just, um, it just, God just overwhelmed me with that and brought me to this place of um, just this fresh and filling and love and hunger. Like, I just kept listening to all these other sermons mm. and I was getting really angry because he'd, like, talk too slow because I wanted him to talk faster so I could get it in kind of thing, and so um, God always just persevere, persevere in those times, because there's a well of refreshing at the other side, you know, God sometimes has to develop things, and some of these things just happen, you know, that life happens, and God can use us to um, develop our character and shift our hope back to him. You know, sometimes things happen in our life and we go with this and we've actually, our hope shifted a bit off God. But when we persevere and keep seeking God, he'll do something with our character and he'll shift our hope. He'll keep shifting us until we shift back 
with our hope on God and shift us back to that hope. And there's a well there of refreshing from the Holy Spirit and an overwhelming love of God. And it will always come. It will always come. You know, God will always come. So that perseverance in life, just, you know, stay, you know, seeking, stay the course, stay on this ancient path. Yeah. That's awesome, Julie. I, I was actually the other day, um, when we had our babies, um, you know, you know that, that, that thing where they say, oh, I slept like a baby, but babies don't. Like they just <laughs> wake all night long and stuff. <laughs> and I remember my mother-in-law saying to me this thing, um, oh, more sleep, more sleep. She had this little sort of uh, mantra, more sleep, more sleep. And I was, I, I kind of, this is with our first baby, Hannah, and I was like, kind of like, huh? Like, because in my mind, I was like, when I want to have sleep, I get really you know, I'll get tired, and then I'll have a big nap to catch up. But it, it, what she was saying was actually true. Like, when a baby has sleep, they can sleep better. Like, so as the more they do it, the better they get it, and the more sleep they do. And I was thinking about this, this just this very week, about that whole thing. It's the same principle, I think, with prayer and coming to Jesus. The more time we have with Jesus, the more prayer we have with Jesus, the easier it gets. Um, but when we don't do it for ages, it, it, it gets dry, and, 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 and we, 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 we're coming to that place from a kind of a dry place. But I think it is a more prayer, more prayer kind of thing. And so, yeah, that, that is, that's really beautiful, Julie. Um, just as we come to a close, um, uh, just you, you probably already shared a few things here, but for, for everyone who's here, um, just from your journey, what have been, you know, is there some things that you can share? been really helpful, like you just shared just before, Julie, about that uh, Tim Keller sermon, um, you know, like, is there stuff that, you know, practices or um, devotional things, um, that ha- rhythms that have really helped you over the years to get close to God? <clears throat> um, so what I want to put down here, your journey with Jesus. Um, it's fresh every day, and, and keep on looking for Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Um, I'll, I'll just go through these other things I put down here, um, and then I'll answer that question again. Right? Um, so, I think a lot of us forget what we've been saved from, or what's happened to us, and it's just, oh, you know, yeah, that happened. That happened a while ago. So I was, I was just sitting up the back there because I was scribbling these notes down as fast as I could, and um, I'll just go through some of them. So. Um, I built this old, I bought a car, did it up, got it all running right, got it painted and all that, and it was my pride and joy. And um, one day as I'm driving to work, all the brakes fail. And so where we used to live in, if Wanyumat is probably about mm, nearly two miles high, it's probably about 1,500 feet higher than the Hutt Valley, and you go over hill and come down into the Hutt Valley. So as I'm driving to work, as part way down from the top, all the brakes go. And this is in peak hour traffic, um, quarter past seven in the morning where all the traffic's leaving or coming in and I had no brakes going down and I couldn't work out why but the car wasn't slowing down the more I pushed the brakes the more the faster it got so I managed to slow right down and get to work but that was in peak hour traffic and I should have crashed into somebody but I didn't and someone said to me oh must have had angels guiding you and um, after a week I went back and I thought, well, there's traffic going both ways, and it's heavy traffic. It's not light. And I made it all the way down without any brakes. Um, then there was another time. I was working late. I was on a building site. And we'd just finished doing this big job. We'd work, I'd worked 15 hours. And so it's 
half past 10, 11 o'clock at night. And as we're doing a crane lift, bringing all the gear in to start the next week, or start the next day it was, and as I'm directing the crane to come and bring it down, I walked backwards and I walked into a hole and I dropped down. I just put my arms out in time to catch myself. And all I ended up was with a couple of scratches underneath my armpits. And it was about a uh, 15 metre drop onto a concrete floor. So that was quite good. And the boss actually said to me, how about you take the day off tomorrow, okay? And he was a guy from church. And um, he said, most job sites he goes on to before they take a job, they pray through, him and his wife will go through it and pray, pray through it and over it before he decides I'll take that job. Um, and then job changes. I've had quite a few jobs. Um, and I used to always be really lucky at getting those jobs that paid nothing. <laughs> I was blessed <laughs> with getting jobs that paid nothing. <laughs> and so I'd leave one job on fairly good pay and go to another job because, you know, and it would get less. And that was, the, that was the late 80s, early 90s. But I knew in the back of my heart and in the back of my mind, God had something better. And then I'd get to another job and I'd say, you know, okay, God, if you want me here, that's good. But if something else comes up, can you let me know? Because this is not a really well-paid job and it's, you know. And that happened. It happened for about 10 years. Um, and it just seemed to get, you know, I'd get less and less. It was really good. <laughs> and then those opportunities where you can actually um, see people being blessed around you and think, why isn't that happening to me? And then I just reminded myself, hey, all these things happened. Each job I got was actually a training area for me to go into, um, knock off some stuff that didn't need to be on my life or sharpen my sword. And um, each accident I had actually showed me, hey, look, God's looking after you because he's put his angels around you. Mm or he's protecting you and your vehicle. So that was really good. Um, and what was the question, Nick? Oh, um... <laughs> I walk with Jesus. Yeah, just, 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 you know, for the people that are here today, what, what practices or, or, or disciplines that you, have you had in your life that, you know, you've found really helpful um, oh. with your walk with Jesus, yeah? For the Tani, uh, have good mates. Have good mates that are honest with you, that will... Um, tell you the truth and also be straight up with you but also such a good mate that they actually care for you and will help you they'll help you not they'll you know they'll walk with you they won't buy it for you or you know uh, make it for you they'll actually walk with you and tell you hey you know you need to pull your socks up you're missing out on some fantastic things in life mm. and um and that takes a lot of you know um guts as a friend to do that but also be that good friend for another person as well. Um, and also, for me, it's, it's hard to keep short accounts with people, so I have to keep on continuing to think, okay, I've got to let that go and get over it. And um, having a wife is really good at doing that. They keep you on, on task and let you know. Short accounts, is there a problem? Sort it. Um, and, um, yeah, and, and keeping that, that close relationship with God, asking God in every situation, job, um, friendships-wise and all that, you know, what would you do? And, like, for me in the, the role I've got now is I'm saying, well, how, Jesus, how can I help that child or how can I help that teacher for the best? Mm. And the boss says, always look for the best outcome. So 
when I look for the best outcome, it means involving the whānau, involving what's going on around them, and looking for, if it's, if it's only going to work for one person, then that's not the best outcome. It's got to work for everybody, mm. and it's got to be sustainable. So, yeah, that, those are some of the things that, that keep me on my track. Is it, is it the best outcome for everyone? Is it sustainable? Is that relationship that I'm having with God going to continue? Because I've got to keep on doing the maintenance on it. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, Paul. Julie? Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, like, if I think of what I wish I had known and perhaps practised, you know, years ago instead of now, I probably could have written a book on that. But I tried to just um, <laughs> write a, a couple of things down, which were the, the kind of most important things. And I'd written, um, like, just like being in the presence of God and the second one being one with Christ and one with each other in the body of Christ. Those are the two things that God's really shown me is really important. And when I wrote those two things down, I thought, oh, that's funny. That's kind of the two commandments, isn't it? It's love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbour as yourself. And um, I think I've come to a place now where I, I wish I had known years ago, which is more of a place of rest and a place of being yielded um, to God and a place of being still in front of God. And I, I, I think the other week I talked about, um, you know, when we prayed, well, it must have been the end of last week actually, um, about being still. And it, being still before God is to like, to release, to surrender, to fall down as one dead, you know, to actually just let go. And I, I never understood what that meant though. And to say, you know, and know that I am God. Mm. And now I, I can kind of live in that. And I wish I had been able to do that and to yield stuff, not feel like I had control. Like with, um, you know, sometimes the things, you know, with my background, I didn't want to, my children to have what I had. But because I so didn't want that and controlled that, I, I kind of feared that, I actually ended up kind of being controlling because I so much didn't want that that I actually controlled in different ways, if you can understand what I'm saying there. I heard someone say recently, what you fear is what you serve. And, you know, there's that verse that is, um, what I feared came upon me. And it's like, so what, if you fear something so much, you actually end up serving that. And that's why we should fear God, because then we serve God. But if we fear, so I feared that I might repeat my childhood with my children. So in the end, by, control, by living under that, I actually became controlling in a different way, you know, because I was trying to control everything instead of just yielding, to God, and just being still to God, and just, um, yeah, letting, letting that go, and let God um, be in charge, like, I, I just kind of wish that I, not wish, now I'm in a place where I can be still, you know, and when I have fear, often, sometimes, then I'll get anxiety, anxious about something, and I can be driving along now, and I can just catch myself, and I can um, say, be still, you know, and there's a voice, uh, there's a verse that says, um, 
you know, be still my soul or be quiet in my soul. And a friend said once to my friends, you need to tell your soul to shut up. And I loved that. So sometimes I'm driving along and I'm feeling anxious or something and I'll go, you know, soul, shut up. You know, it's much quicker than be still my soul. You know, shut up. Shut up, soul. You know, don't, and I don't listen to that voice because I know my God. Be still and know that I am God. You know, I am God of this circumstance. And I can just still my heart right down and say, no, you are God. You are God of the circumstance. You have control of the circumstance. And in fact, I actually, most of those times, I actually can't do anything about it anyway. So I'm like, be still my soul. Shut up those sounds and know that I am God. And that, that would have been really helpful like 20, 30 years ago. And the other thing um, that I wish I'd known then is I uh, like about breaking strongholds. <laughs> um, and uh, that, um, and they, I think that starts when you're young. You know, you have these patterns of thought and protection that happen in your, uh, happen in your mind and your, the way you react. And um, they've actually, there's actually a medical thing proven now. Don't you love it when medicine proves, science proves the Bible, that your brain actually, when you think, it makes these little grooves. And so when something happens, you, you'll go to your default groove and you'll run back along that groove. And I think, well, that is amazing because that is a stronghold in our mind. You know, the devil gives you a lie and something happens and the devil lies to you and you um, think this way, and then you feel this fear, and then when everything's, whenever something happens, whoop, you're going back down that groove, you know, and it becomes a stronghold of the enemy, and you have this lie always. And, and I wish I had understood that then, and to, to break those strongholds off, and to understand about renewing our mind then. And the way I do that now, which I think is a, is a wonderful key, um, to do is, is kind of like what Paul said about short accounts is, is actually something I think we've lost in the church which is confession and repentance mm. you know so whenever after I'm going along mind shut up shut up stop that, stop that anxious thought then I'm like you know um, I, Lord I've just partnered with anxiety I've just mm. partnered with a lie you know I've partnered with that. Forgive me for partnering with that lie because you are God and you are in control of the situation. And then I might think of a word, a verse or something and I'll speak out the truth. So I, I change that groove. You know, I'm mm. changing that groove. I'm renewing my mind. I'm breaking that stronghold mm. so that I don't keep going back into that stronghold and listening to the lie. But I quieten down that lie I repent from partnering with jealousy, um, fear, anxiety, whatever it is, um, and and I speak out what the truth of God is, and I and I ask God what He wants me to pray about that, and then I pray for that. And I wish I'd known that 20 years ago, mm. and um, done that as well. But my, um, yeah, but, but mainly just in the truth of being these things, being yielded, being still, allows us to be in the presence of God. And the truth of being in the presence of God, that we are, we are living stones, 
and we have the presence of God with us now mm. is such a truth that we could ask God for a revelation of that, that would blow us away, that we have the presence of God right now. And it's something that God's really taking me through now that, again, I wish I had known this, and that, you know, um, and I said about being one with each other, that we are, the truth of that also is such an amazing key, if we, the church, can get that, that we are living stones being built together as the temple of God. Mm. And when we're together, we, we ourselves are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we together, if, if, I wish I'd always walked in this, that when we're together, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is right here with us now. And if we can keep our hearts in agreement with each other, which means we can be diverse, we can all move in our own calling, we can see things very different. But if our hearts can be in agreement with each other, if we can be for each other and want to push in together for God, that anointing that, and blessing that comes with that unity, that we will see heaven come to earth. We will see the kingdom of God amongst us. We can, in agreement, believe that God can do anything if we can have this agreement amongst us. And if we can understand that we are in right now, the presence of God is right with us. We can shut our eyes and stand in the heavenly realm. You know, right here, I'm sitting in the heavenly realm. And the more I believe that and expect that, um, the more of a reality that that, is, uh, that, that, that that actually is to me. Oh, that's so awesome. Oh. <clears throat> oh, so one of the things that keeps, um, keeps me in the journey with Jesus, um, and most of you probably know it already, is um, words of prophecy over you, someone giving you a prophetic word, um, healings, someone will come and pray for you or some of your family and you'll be healed, um, words of wisdom, and also just that spoken word where you'll just hear a voice in your head, you know, I, I haven't heard God speak out loud, hopefully I will, but those words that just, where did that come from? You think, well, that's, that's fantastic, that's what I need. Yeah. And those are the things that make Jesus alive all the time because you can see them happening in your life and you think, well, I didn't think of that. It's actually God gave me that, that thing. Or, you know, this area of my life, I've been healed from this. Hmm. Or, gee, I didn't know that was going to happen in the future in my life, but when I look back, someone prophesied to me about that 25 years ago and, you, and now it's come to pass. Hmm. And you think, well, those are the things that keep you going because you think, oh, well, God's got more things in store for us. Yeah. And having that hungry part and not being satisfied, I think that's what keeps you going. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, why don't we give them a big round of applause? That was so good. That's so good. Thank you. So I really appreciate you being so uh, vulnerable and sharing your hearts. And I know um, I've been encouraged, and I know everyone else has been encouraged hearing your faith journey.